Well met, fellow adventurers. You find me once again in the village of Sevenhorn. Where I shall be undertaking the Wing of Blackstone's adventure. The unexpected appearance of a familiar face in the village of Sevenhorn draws you into a perilous but necessary undertaking. Start this adventure. Stepping out of the front door of Sevenhorn's only tavern, with the voice of Red Gold still ringing in your ears, you're pleasantly surprised by the sudden appearance of Quiff. The wild hairs woodsman immediately steps forward and meets you in the shoulder cross. If nothing else is with me, then luck certainly is, he laughs, though you sense there is something bothering me. I was something I was going to bring to the attentions of the villagers. Good while, but I'd rather you had a look at it too. You ask Quith what he's talking about. He shakes his head in response. Let's not breathe a word of it here, he says, motioning for you to follow him. Take you there, Zoop. It's not far from here. And that's what has me worried the most. Come on. Come on, then. There's, there's time. The time's right for a little haste. To so whether or not annoyed, it refuses to disclose what he's talking about. But your interest adequately peaked. You dutifully agree to go with him. You follow Quirth out of Sevenhorn, along a well-worn path that leads north into the area of Rocky Hills. The path disappears on the far side of the hills, and the two of you plunge into a thick, rolling wood, through which you trek for only a few minutes until you come to, halt on the, come to a halt on the back of a low hill. Down here, whispers Quirth pointing towards the eastern foot of the hill. Stepping out from behind a low bow and thus obscuring your view, you peer in the direction that Quirth has indicated. You are horrified by what you see. Not far beyond the, the base of the small but wise upon which you stand sits eleven black-robed men seated around the perimeter of a wide wing of large black stones. Immediately recognised these men to be garbed in a ceremonial attire of the Kowund. Now, you've, you've had met them before, but that was a long time ago, so I'm going to read the link again. The Kowund is the name given to a secretive religious order. Those members have dedicated their lives to worshipping and serving the dark god Juath. For it is believed that the number of Kowund have twisted have dwindled precipitously over the many centuries the order has been in existence. Members of the sinister cult can be found in all corners of the known world, across almost every walk of life. While the official ceremonial guard, guard of the Kurundan consists of black hooded worms, all, at the very least, entirely black attire, members of the Dark Order strive to blend into the world around them. Assuming normal professions and wearing ordinary clothings. Many believe that the ultimate goal of the Quund is to find, find a way to allow Joeth and his servants to enter the world. It isn't known whether some Quund wield a special dark magic, granted to them due to their strong association with Joeth and his minions. The spellcasters among the orders simply make use of more traditional magical disciplines. The Gruind have long been associated with crime throughout Swifts. Tales of woven band of Gruind robbing and murdering are not entirely uncommon, particularly in the raw remote corners of the world. Over the centuries, several prominent personages have been rumoured to have been allied with the Gruind, with a, with a few of those believed to have been actual actually been members of the Dark Order. Now, who is Jawath? Jawath is the Dark God of enduring evil. Though some question the existence of this deity, is worshipped by a religious order known as the Kawand. Some believe that Jawath is one of the more powerful demon lords, who directly serves the great demon Ichthion. Okay, that's, that's, an, that's enough. That's enough of our books. Just what it is that the Wicked Order is up to in this remote location remains a mystery. 
but you well know enough that no good ever arises out of their presence. My thoughts exactly, whispers Quirth, who has apparently noted the look of disdain on your face. The current like places like this, you know. Quiet hordes where they can go about their evil undisturbed. Run across more of them than my care to remember over the last few years. As you continue to watch the ritual unfold, you realise the Kurans seem to be attempting to summon someone. Or something. So I can attempt to interrupt the Kurans ritual, or I could decide against interfering. I'm not going to leave them be, they'll summon some crazy monster. So I'm going to attempt to interrupt the ritual. Realising the current may be nearing the end of the ritual, you caution Kurif to remain out of sight as you hopefully attempt to come up with a way to interrupt the ceremony. I could just step into the open and boldly confront the current. I could use archery, elementalism, telekinesis, illusion or shadow magic. Hmm, let's give illusion a go. Oh, I failed. Your attempted action has failed to have any sort of effect on the current, but it served to alert them to your presence. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder what I did. <laughs> what did I try to do? What happened instead? Did I summon an illusion? Try to summon some sort of illusionary boar to just charge in. But instead, I summoned an illusionary ham sandwich. Which just fell on their head. <laughs> and alerted them something was up. Perhaps that. Oh, well. As one, the entire group of Coend wise and moved swiftly in your direction, apparently eager to be rid of the meddler who has seen fit to disrupt their ceremony. You steer yourself for combat, as the first two of the black-robed enemies draw to within melee ranged. It's two black-robed Kurund. I can kill them, or I could subdue them. Hmm. Now, I generally have all, if I can subdue, I do. So I'm going to. The Corrans strike out at you with their long, curved blades. I have subdued my foe. 6 XP. The two Corrans slump to the ground at your feet. They have been severely battered, but will ultimately survive the punishment you have levied on them. You immediately step back and assume a defensive stance. Four of the remaining Kurun charge forward and hurl themselves at you, stabbing out wildly with their long curved knives. It's four black robed Kurund, and I'm fighting them. I will subdue these ones as well. They can go to. They can go to court jail. <laughs> yes, or something like that. The Kurans strike at you with their long, curved blades. And since I'm trying to subdue them, they're taking longer to come down. You have subdued your foe. 8 XP. Severely battered, but not permanently harmed. The four Kurans turn and flee. Dashing off into the woods as fast as their legs will carry them. They're not supposed to escape. They're supposed to be unconscious. Four more Kurund, each gripping a long curved knives. knife. Wur rush forward and attack. It's four more black road Kurund. I will subdue these ones also. The Kurund strikes out at you with their long curved blades. Your enemy lays a brutal stroke on you. Alright, and they are slain. Eight XP. Soundly defeated, the four Kurans scatter, dodging several parting blows as they flee wildly into the forest. Only the leader of these wicked men remains. 
A series of stabbing pains shoot through your body. It is ravaged by the dark magic wielded by your enemy. Dude, that is dark. I didn't even get a check. 11, 11 damage done. Wounded and drained, but very much still, but still very much alive. You manage to shake off the lingering effects of the insidious attack. The black robed leader of the Corrin scowls as he moves in on you, adeptly brandishing his long curved knives. We, the disciples of Jaworth, fear nothing of meddlesome rats, he sneers. Uh, what about all the people who've just run away? I think they fear. They fear. You should probably you should probably look around. Notice all your all your underlings are gone. The punishment for those on the wrong path will come soon enough. With that, your enemy lunges at you, slashing out at you with his deadly blade. Begin combat. Subdue the enemy. Ooh, I've just gone into a battle wage. As the current leader strikes out at you with his long curved blade. Ooh, brutal stroke for ten damage. Alright, yep. And subdued. 14 XP. The leader of the Corund, having suffered a brutal battering at your hand, turns and flees into the fight. Ah, oh, they're getting away. They're getting away. You watch as he depart, making certain he is out of sight for allowing yourself to relax your guard. In the wake of your victory, you promptly turn your attention to the wing of Blackstone's. In effort to discover it, discover what it was the Cohen were attempting to do here. Probably uh, not a good thing. As you make an examination of the wing of black stones, Quillis moves off and searches the immediate area, returning only a short while later with a large cloth sack. They have this hidden over there, he says, pointing to a trio of large rocks protruding from the forest floor. The sack Scott blood blooded it. I dare say I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of wherever they took it from. The sack contains a small quantity of gold and a thin leather pouch. Tucked into the pouch, much to your surprise, are four adventurer tokens! Yay! Your bouts are suggested quill if the two of you return to Severnorn, when the air is suddenly filled with the pungent aroma of smoke. Quith, wide eyes, motions in the direction of the wing of stones. As you turn around, your eyes are immediately drawn to the wide column of black smoke rising from the centre of the ring. Oh dear, we didn't get there in time. They managed to summon something after all. Your pulse thicken, quickens as a hideous, black-winged creature, its gaping jaws exposing a line of razor-sharp fangs, emerges from the column of smoke and stalks towards you. The man-sized beast snarls viciously as long, grey claws slowly extend from the tips of his thick fingers. You have no doubt the demon you now face is the result of the Koran's summonation. They can only hope it proves to be the lone result. You tell Quirth to keep behind you as you prepare to face the creature. Without warning, the demon spreads its wings and flies at you. Its large, large clawed hands outstretch as it streaks through the air. Well, it's a demon, so I'm going to equip the demon scourge to scourge this demon. Begin combat with the black winged demon yes it's a demon scourge so it's 40 extra MR which I do not need in any way you swing your hammer at the enemy the black winged demon shrieks as it savagely claws at you it's nearly it's very nearly done now and ooh, tines of lightning did 16 damage from the demon scourge have slain your foe. 28 XP. 
A ghastly wail rises into the air as the demon's body is rapidly consumed by dark flames. A matter of moments, only a small pile of ash remains where the otherworldly terror once last stood. The smoke billowing up from the wing of Blackstone thins out and slowly dissipates. The evil magic that was being worked here by the Corund is no more. Quiv seems quite horrified by the entire sequence of events and suggests that a swift return to Stevenhorn is in order. There's no beast in the wild that frightens me, he says, but whatever that was, it's something I don't wish to see again. After taking a few minutes to scatter the black stones, the two of you set out for Sevenhorn. Upon returning to Sevenhorn, you offer to buy Quirf an ale in Wedgolt's Tavern, but the wild-haired woodsman politely replies, Not one for such places, he says, his eyes wandering from you to the front door of the inn and tavern. I've got a hide fast full of the jitters that I'd keep about for the coldest nights. Go on then, get yourself the ale. Oh, what are the jitters? Root wine. Not really, what? Not really a wine at all. Root wine is actually a strong, strong, slightly sweet-tasting spirit made from the root of the Yigawak vine. Root wine, sometimes called the jitters, is a drinking demand from taverns and alehouses throughout the realms. Apart from its intoxicating properties, the the, the spirit provides a remarkable warming effect, and as and has long been a cold weather staple, often consumed at the conclusion of a meal. Hmm. No, well, but I wonder if any people more familiar with the drinkings would could ponder what's the closest equivalent we have here. You interrupt Quirth and insist he accompany you into the cabin. Your steadfast refusal to acknowledge anything other than acceptance of your offer seems to surprise the woodsman, and finally he laughs. And you'll, pro- you'll promise to make old Red be kind, he smirks. Smirking yourself, you nod in response and step up to the front door of the tavern and open it, waving Quiffin ahead of you. All right, but only for you, Zoop, he says as he steps over the threshold. How's the brew in this place, anyway? And that finishes the Wing of Black Stones with 128 experience to general. Okay, rest and save. Oh, look, there's another adventure now. Rise of the Frost Demon. Once again, the arrival of Quirth the Woodsman in the village of Sevenhall heralds the onset of adventure. Dire peril, depending on how you look at it. Start your adventure. Embark on this adventure. Basking in the warm glow animating from the roaring blaze in Red Gold's fireplace, your eyelids are just starting to droop when they're start when you're startled by a sudden commotion. The tavern door bursts open and three men enter, each of them helping a wounded man in out of the biting cold. You leap up to your feet and quickly move to assist the men, but as you draw near to them, you spot Quiff standing in the doorway. The wide-haired woodsman motions for you to follow him outside. As Wed moves out, out from the black room and rushes over to help the new arrivals, barking loudly about things of little consequence given the circumstances, you step out into the frigid midday air just behind Quiff. Dorfotten is no more, says Quiff in a harsh whisper just outside the tavern, his softly spoken words chilling you to the core. A great beast of frost and ice, a demon by all accounts, has destroyed it. At dawn, this morning, it slaughtered and smashed Zoop, leaving nothing standing. Now it makes its way south towards Anorak. Just north of here. With your thoughts still swimming from the shocking announcement, you ask Quirus to repeat what he has said, to explain how he came to learn of these terrible events. 
Those men in the tavern are survivors of the attack, he says. There were many of there are many like them, though most fled east into the forest. Those six made it to Ark, and then came south with me. Fear I slowed there a while, but I would not dare leave them again in the path. I feared they slowed my arrival, but would not dare leave them again in the path of the beast. Quirth tells you that he learned of the destruction of Dolfrutten from the same six men now slowly thawing and nursing their wounds in Wed's tavern. While he was on his way north from Awick to their village in the deep, deep of the woods, on the well-travelled forest tracks, the eyes were wild with fear. The thoughts scattered, he says. Believe they were describing to me a mountain tribe attacking their village. But the description of the beast and its wise out of swirling wind devised, turned by blood colder than this mountain air. My thoughts immediately turned to the cold Oh no! It's my fault. It's my fault for letting them live. Oh dear. Oh dear. It's because I let them live. Uh, well, actually, no. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> it would have happened anyway. But that is what Zoop believes. Cohen had been spotted in the forest over the last few weeks, his craft, and the scowl on his face plainly showing his disdain for the wicked order. Those fix six men said that Dol Thotton was astir with the sight of them, scurrying about at dusk, under the trees, just at the edge of sight. I've found several of their stone circles around Dol in the last couple of months myself, but I never anticipated this. How could I have? No doubt, though, mind you, that this abomination sprung out of some dark conjuration of those woe snakes. There was simply no other explanation to suit it. Kurnef tells you that the demon, as a survivor of Dorfot and referred to it, killed two dozen men before destroying the village. Those, those, those not foolhardy enough to engage it tried to flee, he says, his tone gazed. Some of them made made off into the woods readily enough. Others, well, but quite a few that did not. Quirth is silent for a moment and seems to be holding back a tide of emotion. At length, he begins to speak again. With your mind already made up, you interrupt the woodsman and ask if he has a description of the beast he refers to as a demon. The folk of Dorvotten are sensible, hardened folk, he says. The sight of a troll or an ogre, even a worm in giant, is not something that will shake them. This was a beast of ice soup, as tall as five men, covered in dags of ice, and bore, born out of the icy wind of dark sorcery. This is a creature from beyond our realm. Through what his purpose is, other than terror and destruction, who is to say? Beyond it refers to the Neverness. Magic on the world of Swift comes in the form of Neverwar energy. A war, an unpredictable force of great power that seeps into the realm of, the realm of man from a place known as the Neverness. The Neverness is a is a dark shadow filled surreal worm existing on an, another another plane of existence with Swift, another dimension entirely. It is from this mysterious and boundless dimension of eternal night that magic throws its power intervening with with intervening into the fabric of the world of Swift driving its destiny at the same time, poisoning its soul. There are tales of males who have, mages who have opened gates between the worlds of Swift and of the Neverness, but such endeavours have often ended in great folly. Passage between the two worlds is forbidden almost universally by governments and mages alike. However, the temptation for spellcasters to visit and perhaps learn more about the source of their power is often too much to resist. 
Mages have returned from the Neverus who are posted to this realm of infinite shadow and fire. A land ruled by demon kings and wicked gods, others have said. They found it to be a realm of strange but benevolent reality. Yeah. Presumably, this ice demon isn't from the strange but benevolent reality. It's more the realms of infinite fire. Fire and shadow. A sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach tells you the locals' assessment of the creature as a demon is quite likely correct. If you're not entirely certain that it is all, it is at all connected with the Kurund. How can I even suggest that you go up against whatever it is, he says. You need only tell me, and we can raise the alarm here and take flight south. This village will know soon enough. The six men I've led to Wed's tavern will make certain of it. Maybe for the best. By all counts, this thing. For a second time, you interrupt the woodsman. Realising there is no time to be lost, you tell Kreev that you are prepared to head out at once for Anorak. To do what you can to prevent what happened to Dolfarton from occurring elsewhere. Kreev nods. Then we will be off, he says, for the trek here has cost precious enough time already. With haste now. With that, the two of you set out from the village, moving swiftly along a broad forest track that leads north to Anwak, Sevenhorn's closest neighbouring village. As the ground pours, ground passes swiftly beneath your feet, you pray that you will arrive in time. The hour that, that it takes to transverse the relatively short distance between Sevenhorn and Dorfrotten is made to seem interminably longer than by the nagging fear that you may or you may well arrive too late. As the thick pine of forest with which you're travelling gradually thins and the outskirts of Anwar come into view, you breathe a sigh of relief. The village still stands with no sign of the towering demon said to have raised or threatened. They barricaded the way in, says Quirth, as you point, skirt around the village to the west. You look to where he's pointing and spot a tall and broad pile of logs and stone lying across the road, leading out of Alwick to the loft. Only hope they heeded me and evacuated this place. Though that wretched pile tells me otherwise. Useless and wasteful measure. Chris fears are confirmed when he spots a group of men standing not far to the east of the barricade. They are armed with an assortment of weaponry, for they appear largely unfit for any sort of combat. Let's see if anyone in that bunch will speak to any of this, says Chris, frowning. The two of you make your way into Anorak and are met at, met at the makeshift barricade by a surprisingly sizable group of men who have stayed to defend their village. One of them, a grey-bearded man, who clutches a notched axe, tells you that the women and children have already been moved to an encampment to the east, hopefully out of the, out of the path of the approaching beast. For, from what you can ascertain just by looking at them, defenders seem uncertain at best, with many of them continually casting fear, a fearful eye to the north. Quirth introduces you by name and tells them you are here to see the fate of Anuak. does not become that of Dorthwarton. The very mention of your name seems to improve the morale of those gathered here, and you are promptly showered with warm greetings. Zoop, is it? says a wide-eyed young man, who steps to the floor of the crowd and bows before you. We are honoured, sir. We've all heard tell of your bravery, but never think I'd become... I think I would be standing within an arm's reach of you. Indeed, you are welcome here. The young man introduces himself as Trissid and tells you he is leaning the defence of the village. Do you think, think the lot of you has any hope against the beast that has trodden dull-throwered underfoot? Asked Quirth abruptly, his words sending a murmur through the gallant defenders and drawing the angry glare of Trissid. He rises to go with your women and your children. See they don't become goblin sport in the forest. We're quite capable of seeing to our own affairs.
woodsman, sneers Triv. If your concern is so great, then perhaps you should hurry after them yourself. We did not send them off to face the wilderness alone. Some of our ablest went with them. I simply meant to say that. Quiv's attempt to qualify his attention. Statement is cut short by Then simply say no more, he snaps, turning away from Quiv to face a new. We would welcome your counsel, Soup. Realising that to wait and possibly engage such a foe as the demon here in the village is to invite the same disaster that befell Dordarton, you tell the village defenders and Quiff to remove at once to intercept the beast in the wild before it reaches Anoak. Quiff nods, acknowledging the wisdom of your words. Swid nods as well and promptly announces he will accompany you. The peril should not be faced by one alone, he says, looking at you and seeking your approval. I will be honoured to share in this task with you a fateful decision. Inexplicably, you feel your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you are about to make. So I can allow Twist to come along with me, or politely insist that Twist stay behind. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I mean, another person might help, but honestly, I'm pretty sure he won't help much and will probably die. <laughs> no, I'll politely insist that Twist stay behind. Twist, 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 Twist refuses to stay inside, insisting he will be of more use hoping you to prevent the demon from reaching the village. Rather die out here in the wilderness than leave the tasks to you or remain here. Like a coward, he says, his resolute tone laced with anger. Certainly you would accept no such position yourself, Zoop. But the thing is, I have a melee weighting of 165. And your melee weighting is probably, I don't know, 50 or something? Yes, it's not very high at all. It's only... Yes, it's about 50 or something. <laughs> yes, it's not... It's... It's weak. But... Hmm, I mean, I'm going to make it... No, no, no. Allow Trist to come along with you. It's a fateful decision once again. Refuse to allow him to come along. I'm going to refuse. No. No, no, no. You've got to build, build up your weapon on something smaller. A few goblins. Start with goblins. Honestly, you've got, to walk, you've got to walk before you can run. Just go out, hunt some goblins first. Build up your weapon goblins, do goblins and some bandits, take part in a tournament. Smaller things first. Then you can deal with colossal demons once you've got your MR up a bit. No, you are not coming along. I mean if there's a way if there's a way I'll just fight I'll just fight you just to prove how outclassed you are. Refuse to allow him to come along. Twisted scowls, obviously angered by a decision. The young man does not seem to wish to argue the point further. Instead, he tells you and those around you to remain in Arak to oversee the defence of the village. You tell him that his decision is a wide one. Before you finish your remark, he turns back to you and scowls, strolls away. She's a bit put off by it all, Franz Quiff. No matter, though. You've made the right decision. I can't see where it'd be anything but a hindrance out there. Bidding farewell to Quiff and the, and the small gathering of defenders, you promptly turn and make your way out of the village. As you pass by the main well on the northern edge of Tranach, you begin, begin, you, you begin to wonder just what lies in store for you out in the vast frozen wild. You move to the north, out of Anwek, prepared to intercept the demon before it reaches the village. 
For a moment, you wonder if not allowing Twiffis to come alone was a mistake. But you quickly push the thought aside, reminding yourself that his youth and inexperience would only serve to place him, and possibly you, in even greater peril. The forest directly north of the village abruptly thins out, and you find yourself standing on the southern edge of a broad clearing, only taking a few steps across the opening when the sound of many feet moving across the snow-covered ground suddenly reaches your ears. A band of no less than two dozen mountain goblins move out of the trees to the north and turn to the west, passing within twenty yards of you. With no, with no desire to appear aggressive in the face of such a sizable group of goblins, you maintain a relaxed but guarded stance. Much surely, if the goblins do not appear to be the least bit interested in you, several of the creatures glance in your direction as they pass by, but give you no indication they intend to attack. You sense, however, the goblins are fierce or something. The last goblin, an old, hobbled, one-eyed creature, his frame bent from the many years of hardships he's endured in the wilds, turns and barks something at you in the tarsh tongue of his savage kin. Though you can't discern the meaning of the words, you're nearly certain that he's just imparted to you as a warning. Suddenly, the ground quivers in the distance, perhaps 200 yards beyond the line of trees before you. The tips of the tallest evergreens bend and sway, dumping their payloads of ice and snow on whatever is now pressing through their ranks. The ground quivers and shivers again. A loud groan rises into the air. You rush several yards to the north, past a dense line of evergreens, and from the back of a broad flat stone jutting out of the snow, you get your first eyeful of the nightmarish creature stomping through the forest in your direction. It was out of doubt what sent the two dozen mountain goblins scurrying for the hills. The very demon of ice that only hours ago wrought its destruction upon the village of Dolfrotten. So horrific is, is the beast now approaching. It almost defies description. Taller and wider than four men. With a sheet of dagger light. Like shards of ice covering its head and torso, the frost demon is every bit as terrifying as you could have possibly imagined. Long black claws extend from its frigid blue fingers, and the snow and ice caked around its gaping fang-filled maw is stained deep maroon with blood. The frost demon tilts its head skyward, and emits a fearsome, echoing bellow that sends your heart racing. With the remnants of its deafening bellow still rustling through the tops of the ice-laden trees, the towering frost demon stomps forward, swiftly bearing forward, bearing swiftly bearing down on you. So I can move forward and engage the frost demon. I can use illusion, archery, telekinesis, or elementalism. Use some illusion. Succeeded. 16 XP to illusion. Your expertly crafted illusion of a group of armoured warriors approaching the demon on this left flank does little to garner your foe's attention. The fearsome creature does not break stride as it continues to walk towards you. You come to the grim realisation. Your only hope is to engage and somehow defeat the horrid creature of ice. As you prepare to attack the towering frost demon, the fearsome creature strikes out at you with a massive fist of ice. Pick a number. Bonus of 20. Got to get from agility. Got to get 50 or more. Success at 63. You narrowly dodge the demon's massive fist of ice as it slams into the ground just to your left. With your heart pounding, you rush forward and engage the massive frost demon, 
eager to see that this towering terror never reaches Anorak or beyond. The hideous creature, Savage Bellow, tears through the frigid ice to launch your attack. Hint, don't be afraid to flee if necessary. You valiantly attack the Frost Demon. Yes, it's... The Frost Demon roars as it swipes at you with its massive, icy fist. Ooh, the enemy smashes through my defences with a devastating blow for 19 damage. Yes, I'm just bashing it with my hammer. But there's just so much of it. There's so much of it, it has thousands of health. Yes, keep bash, 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 50 rounds of bashing. Alright, and flee. You turn and flee from the frost demon. It has taken no more than 10 steps when a strange and powerful sensation washes over you. In its wake, you are left fleeing refreshed and hale and are stunned to discover all your wounds have been healed. With each of its enormous strides equaling many of your own, the towering beast of ice quickly overtakes you, forcing you to abandon your flight and once again engage it. The frost demon appears to be wounded. Yep, so this is another one of those foes that you can take down over multiple fights. As you prepare to attack the towering frost demon, the massive creature effortlessly picks up a large rock and hurls it at you. Pick your number. Bonus 20 from agility. Gotta get 50 or more. Success with 110. You narrowly dodge the hurled stone. The massive rock lands with a fud only a few feet to your right. With your heart pounding, you rush forward and engage the massive frost demon. Eager to see that this hit, that this this towering tower never reaches Alec or beyond, the hideous creature's savage bellow tears through the frigid air as you launch your attack. It's the frost demon. Times of lightning erupt from your weaponry as the frost demon swipes at you with this massive. Ooh, it smashes through my defenses with a devastating blow. From its massive icy fist. Okay, it's oh, another devastating blow, 32 damage. Alright, uh, I think uh, next next blow, Arthly. Massive icy. That's bash, 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 nearly. Bash, bash, bash. Oh, oh, another devastating blow. Okay, time to one, time to one. Oh, another devastating blow for 28 damage. You fled from combat. You turn and flee from the frost demon, but it has taken no no more than 10 steps. But you've taken no more than 10 steps when a strange and powerful sensation washes over you. To awake, you are leave, left feeling refreshed and hale and are stunned to discover all your wounds have fully healed. With each of his enormous strides equaling many of your own, the towering beast of ice quickly overtakes you, forcing you to abandon your flight and once again engage it. The frost demon appears to be near death. Please continue. As you prepare to attack the towering frost demon, the fearsome creature swipes out of you with its massive fist of ice. Pick a number. Bonus 20 from agility. Gotta get 50 or more. Failure. You are struck a glancing blow by the demon's massive fist of ice. Please continue. With your heart pounding. You rush forward and engage the massive false demon, eager to see that this towering terror never reaches Anwak or beyond. Hideous creature's savage bellow tears through the frigid air as you launch your attack. It's a frost demon. Yes, and it's nearly done. Devastating blow. Another devastating blow. 27 and 24. Oh, a devastating blow for 30 damage. 
as it's getting desperate, it seems, as it's nearly slain. Oh, and now it is slain. 130 experience points. Okay, yep. Hey, yes, hundred and twenty-two to two hundred and eighty-four to general, three hundred and eighty-two to weaponry bashing, three hundred and sixty-four to weaponry. That's from the hundred and thirty. You step back as the corpse of the frost demon begins to rapidly melt, becoming a thick cloud of steam. Steam that rises swiftly into the air. In a matter of moments, not a single trace of the massive creature remains. You're about to turn and move away from the scene of the gruesome battle when you spot a small glittering object lying on the snow in the very place where the demon fell. Closer examination of the item reveals it to be a glittering shard of ice. Though frigid to the tusk, the ice shard does not melt when it comes into contact with the warp of your hand. Decide to take the strange item with you. It's a glittering ice shard. You found this glittering shard of ice on the ground after defeating a towering frost demon. A sudden sound of footfalls from behind, followed by the wash of air, warns you of an enemy attack. Inimit attack. You instinctively attempt to twist away from the impending blow. Pick a number. Bonus of 48. 20 from agility. 10 from luck. And 18 from an on combat. Pick now. 110. 102. You nimbly dodge. Dodge, dodge the blow from behind and spin to face your attacker. Who could it be? You are you are completely taken aback to find yourself staring into the murderous eyes of Twisted. The young man, brandishing his short sword, immediately lunges at you, slashing out with his sharpened blade. With no time to discover the reasoning behind the unprovoked attack, you quickly move to defend yourself. Begin combat with Twisted. Now, I can kill him or subdue him. I'll subdue him. Tristan slashes at you with his short sword. And as you might expect, he is completely outclassed. And is now subdued. 6 XP. Tristan cowers on the ground before you. Severely battered, but very much alive. Placing your foot on his chest, you demand to know why he attacked you. And amidst painful gas, he stammers his reply. He tells you he wished to take credit for defeating the Frost Demon, and thus make his name as an eventual medic. Disgusted, to a but thankful to at least have his reasoning, you allow him to, reget to regain his feet, and instruct him to leave and never return to the area. Much as a quick apology, and thanks you for, for sparing his life before turning and moving swiftly off to the north, towards the distant and waged village of Dorfwatten. You wonder if perhaps those who remain in the ruined village would learn the truth about what happened here, and to what end the unscrupulous young man will one day come. When Twisted is no longer in sight, you turn and head back to the south, scarcely able to believe all that has just occurred. You return to Alec and met with the hero's welcome, Quirith, and a small number of the local militias are among the first to greet you, and within just a few min minutes, words of your victory over the Frost Beast has spread throughout the village. The locals are shocked and saddened when they learn of Trish's betrayal and his resulting flight, and they tell you that, that, that should he ever return, he will be subject to harsh punished justice for his actions. I can't say I sensed him to be that sort, says Quirith, as puzzled of the rest. These are dark times to be sure. I suppose one can't hope to trust everyone. 
Chris commends you on your victory over the Frost Demon and tells you he's never met anyone more willing to face peril or more capable of dealing with it than you. Even when my axe arm was good, there were only a few times I was called upon to wield it, he says. I'm an explorer like yourself soon, but I've, ne but I've neither the head nor the heart of a warrior. That's what sets us apart. And that's why your deeds will be remembered in song and tell, long after you and I have gone to the halls of, halls of the Old Father. After helping to see, see that those who fled Anorak under the threat of the demon's attack safely returned, you and Quirith prepare, prepare to set out for Sevenhorn. We best get back and tell old Wed to stop packing up his cart, says Quirith. Can't imagine the spin the old lad was thrown into when he heard an ice demon might be coming to pay him a visit. Without delay, the two of you set out for Sevenhorn, leaving in your wake the very grateful spit citizens of Anorak. On the outskirts of Sevenhorn, just as the worn stony path starts up the gentle slope leading to the centre of the village, Quiff turns off to the west and bids you farewell. I'm just going to have a poke about those about the hills, he says. But I promise not to look for any more any more trouble for a while. Take care of yourself, Soup. Give my best regards to old Wed. I still say after we and catch catching before he and his horse are he and his horse and cart are halfway to Talonus. You wish the woods woodsman luck before turning and making your way up the path. And into the village. One, one thousand and twenty-four experience applied to general. I have reached the end of the quest, the rise of the frost demon. Going to west. Going to save. Okay, next time. Next time we'll just see we'll see exactly what what it is that, that we will hmm. Alright, next time we'll go meet with the king and see what sort of favour what sort of task he has for a hero of legend. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.